Ox and Hare presents, in association with True Story FM, the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society. Today's adventure, Behind the Scenes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Behind the Scenes episode of the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society. Uh, my name is Kara Gallo. I play Goldie, and I will be uh, hopefully successfully facilitating this episode discussion uh, interview thing. This thing. <laughs> this nice episode that we have here. With me are three lovely, lovely people. Uh, I'm going to have each of you introduce yourself and let us know what it is you do for the podcast. My name is Kyle Olson. I am the creator of Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society. Uh, let's see. Writer, director, audio producer. Oh, hi. I'm Brooke Unverfirth Campbell, and I am. Well, I mean, you've given me the title of like production manager, but really, I'm kind of talent wrangler occasional actor when Kyle doesn't recast me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, script reader, just kind of person to listen to. Kyle will message me going, can you believe blah, 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 and I, like, listen. So true. um, That that is an important, important role. So I'm basically, like, talent wrangler and betazoid. So... (laughs) (laughs) Our own personal Troy. And that leaves me. So I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I am the sound designer slash engineer and sometimes audio producer for all of our Swashbuckling episodes. So I'm responsible for all the sounds of the swords hitting each other and all the sword fights and almost all of the extra sound effects because I learned today that there are a couple extra sound effects that Kyle has uh, recorded himself as cameo versions of... (laughs) True. I always think of it as as plussing, like Disney does. So, like I take whatever Ryan's done, and if there's these little extra little little bit over the top, I'll I'll add that on. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, just to start off, we could um, kind of walk through from start to finish the timeline, and I mean, you don't have to get very specific with the timeline, but just like Good. the process of writing an episode to oh, posting sure. it. Sure. I have written a bunch of stuff over the last thing, but swashbuckling is the easiest thing for me to write. Like, I have other things that have taken me years and, and I've had all sorts of blocks and changes and I, I don't know where I'm going and dead ends and, and all these things that I go away. But I can sit down and just write an episode of swashbuckling, no problem at all. Like, I know those characters so well. I just basically come up with funny names for the people that they're fighting weird situations that they have to get into and then like what is the emotional stakes of it and I, it's basically i just put it into the mix and then put it in the oven and out it comes as a, as a what i think is a very delicious meal um because i'm always very happy with it a lot of times i'll finish something and go well it's done uh, okay like I, I just finished a script recently and i was like oh, well at least it's finished now i can try and see if i can s- save it but so actually i walk away and go yeah that's about what i wanted Okay. Yeah, that was good. I, it, it depends just because, you know, obviously this is not a, a paid gig. This is not a, a full-time job, so I have to fit in and around life. Uh, but all I really need for Splashbuckling is time. 
So like I don't have to like sit and percolate for a long time. I can just sit down and actually write um, a script. I can. I have written an entire splashing script in a day. There was a, a period of time where I didn't have work. It was great, and I was you know I just like had basically a time where I was just sitting and monitoring, and, and I wrote an episode a day. So I wrote an entire season in a week. So by wow. Friday, I had an entire season done. I was very. I was like, okay, now I know that I'm onto something here because uh, this, this should not be this easy. Um, Obviously, that's like eight hours of writing a day, and it you know it it, it does do a, a bit of work on your brain. It, you sort of feel like you're you've been mined, like your entire head is just hollowed out by the end of it. For recording, um, do you cast all the other parts? Because you have your ones that are always the same people, but what about sure. the extras? And yeah, a so book have, I, of of talent acquisition. Yes. You go over to her and and you yes, guys like yes. confer um, together. So yeah, the next thing, yeah, you're right. The next thing is so we have obviously it's it's the three ladies. So obviously the three of you are are yourselves. And I, I very, very rarely have you play anything else because I really like people to know that when they hear your voice, it's that character. Not that they, the people couldn't do it, but I, I kind of just don't want to have that that much thing of, of people wondering, oh, is that is that Saffron or is she playing someone else? I, I like to keep you guys as, as yourselves. And then I have Justin. So Justin, when I originally reached out to him about this, I said, here's my idea for the show and here's what it is. And I don't have a standing part for you. I want you to be the podcast's Mel Blank. I want to basically, whatever comes up, whatever I throw at you, I want you to be that thing. I'm not going to tell you what it is, just saying, okay, now you're, now you're an Australian mercenary. Now you're a German scientist. Like, whatever it is, like, you're going to have to do it. And he said, I've been waiting my whole life for someone to ask me that. <laughs> so, great. So, I usually, I, I'll always make sure whatever the villain is, is a really good juicy part for him because I know he's going to have fun with it. And then it's everybody else that filters in. So it's every thug, every um, henchman, every ally, every former boyfriend slash girlfriend of Zinnia, <laughs> uh, all those parts, uh, then whatever happens in the episode, that's when I, I go to Brooke and be like, okay, so I'm looking for a, this type. Like I want a person that's kind of like this. And I, I usually will sometimes mention an actor or, or a performance. Like I want this person to be like, you know, Chris Hemsworth in this thing or whatever it is, like, you know, a, 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 a type of that thing. And then she goes through her amazing Rolodex of actors that she has and, and starts to think, who can I find? Who is available? Who can do this kind of work? Because not everyone, not every actor can. Uh, and um, who would be fun to play with? And, and then do you uh, audition them? Yeah. No, because, and I know this will sound really like a uh, kind of that we're giving people like just an opportunity without them having to audition. Um, it's like a weird benevolence or whatever, but, <laughs> and of course I can't even think of the word right now where you give people stuff that are like your family or friends or whatever, but whatever. Um, Nepotism. Thank you. It's very, ne- <laughs> thank you, Kara. I got to go back to crosswording. It makes me just so much more better. So um, I work for Stray Cat Theater um, and I've been with them. I'm actually, it would technically be my 11th season, but because we lost a season, mm-hmm. we are... Uh, this will be my 10th season with them. And so I know a lot of actors. And then I'm lucky because both Kyle and Ryan both like theater. So they will come to our shows. We've gone to other shows. Like we've seen each other. So he'll say, I'm looking for somebody like this. And I'll say, have you seen so-and-so? What do you think? And he'll go, either he'll be super excited about it. Or he'll say, I don't know who they are. <laughs> True. And, and he'll trust me. Um, and... I think that I, there's some people that have come to play that have been fantastic mm-hmm. that are just like, we want them forever. And then yes. he'll say to me, Hey, I want that person for another role. 
So we don't want, we're, we're constantly running the thing of like, well, um, so, uh, this will sound weird. Do you guys know the Stanley Tucci movies like Big Night and The Imposters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how he uses the same people? Right. Uh, he's got like a little, he's got a group that he uses. Christopher Guest is the same way. It's a troop. Yeah. So I think of us as having like this troop and there's always going to be like the people that are in the starring roles like mm-hmm. you, Shaw and Kara and Anastasia. Right. And you don't want to burn out somebody like Louis Farber. Right. Because Louis has a very distinct voice. Right. And we used him in the Stortacular episode. He was um, uh, Saffron's fiance. Right. And so, and he was, and he was, and he was amazing. Right. Like, he did exactly what I was hoping for and even more. He, like, in the edit, I was laughing hysterically uh, at at his performances. He's fat. Like, Devin Mahon's got, he's another person who's got a very distinct voice. Um, Lola Mendoza, Dolores Mm -hmm. Mendoza, she's, Kyle's been very happy with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Thompson. Um, Vicky Hall has done a ton of stuff for us. She's yeah. always great for me when I when I find that I have forgotten like that there's one person like a, a two or three line role. I have to be like, oh no, <laughs> I can go out to her and within a day or two she'll have something for me back. She's been a great uh, pitch hitter for us. So Kyle will kind of like spitball back and forth. I'll make some suggestions. He'll if he likes the person, he'll be like yes or no. If he doesn't know who they are, he usually trusts me to manage it. Mm-hmm. And then I put the two people together in a conversation. I say, Kyle, this person is amazing. Though he <laughs> usually knows that they're amazing. And this is my friend Kyle. He's amazing. And this is how I know him and blah, blah, blah. And the, I mean, it's sad to say, but the pandemic has actually made things easier. Yeah. Because actors want to act. And they'll act at every chance they get. So we've been able to like secure some good talents. Uh, you've got everything cast, then the recording. So yeah, the the recording, uh, the the our, our leads, you know, of which Kara is one. Um, they like to record together. So like the the three ladies like to have that interplay where they can go back and forth and have that rhythm. And plus, it is a massive amount of fun uh, because we get really silly by the time we get to the end of uh, you know two hours of recording or whatever. We're just talking about any random thing uh, and blowing lines and and doing all those things. But they're the, pretty much the only ones that do that. So everyone else. I'm kind of reliant on them to record the other. We have a set of technical specifications and we say like, you know, please don't use your, the microphone that's built into your computer, like the, those kind of things. So we, because of the, the quality of audio that we're going to get back. So we send that, but the most part, everyone else outside records their stuff independently, usually by themselves and then sends it in. And I just cut it in together. So, most of the actors have never met each other or, or even had a conversation with each other. Occasionally we'll get Justin in because Justin lives on uh, the opposite coast from most of us. So his time schedule is way different. So we can't always um, coordinate that to have him record with us too. So he usually records on his own as well. Uh, so I take those recordings and then basically just chop them up line by line and then drop them into the recordings and then do my audio magic to try and make it sound like they're actually in the same room where they never, never were. Uh, and Obviously, we're working with whatever we can find, so sometimes it doesn't always work. But it's the we, we hope to think that the the handmade feel of the episodes adds to it that we're not trying to be super polished and professional like everybody else. We're like obviously, this is made it's a labor of love done by talented amateurs, uh, and then we're hoping to you know increase our skills along the way. So we and it, it's. I wish that we could have a recording studio. We 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 did that once for an old podcast, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, but it is expensive and time consuming to try and get everybody's schedule in this. And this 
doing doing it um, asynchronously, I guess is the fancy term for it, is a way that we can get all the stuff from all these different people and then cut it in together uh, to make it uh, sound nice without impacting everyone's schedule in a, in a massive, massive and it, way. And it does work. You've got I we've got so. two seasons, uh, Valentine's spectacular. Yeah. You know, lots of stuff going on. Everything and, yeah, going we well. Are, we are uh, our swordtacular. We have swordtacular. Valentine's three episode series, right? The trilogy. The trilogy. That's right. That the first time I recorded the credits for, I called it the thrillology. And Kyle's <laughs> like, you know what? I like that, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and redo it. But so, nice. good try. Yeah, that one. That 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 was interesting because. So in the before times, like in the in the so I'd say late you know, into 2018-2019, there was an opportunity that came along for us to do swashbuckling live to actually have a live version of it, like a stage show version of it. Not everybody in full costume doing it, but sort of taking the radio play and doing it as a play. So everyone would be standing with music stands and and. Uh, have their scripts and there'd be sound effects, everything to to do it that way. And so I wrote that script uh, as like this: this is what it would be on there to be done with, you know, basically five actors. So the three ladies, and then you know, two or three possibly other people that would play every other role. And so I wrote that, and then the pandemic hit, and all of it went away. <laughs> so it was, and I thought, oh man, I really liked those. I really liked that story. I liked those script. So I'd like to use that again. So I basically took that and chopped it up. And made it into three episodes, and that's what became the Valentine's trilogy. I, I in the in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if that was a great idea because I realized if I, I put Valentine's on it, even though it had nothing to do with Valentine's, just because that's when it was coming out, and I worry that people who are coming into the show late might go, "Oh, it's not Valentine's Day; it's October. Why would I want to listen to that?" And I like, "Oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have put a a holiday on." But but. Uh, I have a fix for that coming up in the future, but that was the original intent of that is that it was supposed to be performed live uh, and you know, in front of an audience and stuff too. And then, and then we could take it, but so I, I repurposed those and then added in Goldie's narration to it and that sort of thing. Uh, but they're, they're mostly intact. That was what it was going to be, but. So everything's recorded. People send in their stuff post-production. Yep. Post-production. Okay. So let's see the, I'll, I'll take the, I have, I have a basic swashbuckling template. I use, if you want to get, I don't know how nerdy you want to get on this thing, but I use Reaper. So Reaper is a, a audio thing because I like Reaper because it's non-destructive. So when I have, if, you know, Kara is doing a Goldie line and she says, well, we've just gotten to town. And, no, let me try that again. If we just got into town and I like go, oh, I just want to use the second part of it. I can just move my timeline on her individual audio to the start of it. And do that. But if I realize if I've gone too far, I can just move it back. And so oh, it's it's not actually like it's not like taking audio and like with a razor blade and cutting it into individual pieces. It's just basically I only want to use this part of it. So I, I'm just blanking out the parts I don't want to use and then moving everything on. So every swashbuckling lady has their own every character actually has their own timeline essentially, and I can just move the audio you know, left or right to get it to the exact timing of when they said it. So even the timing you're hearing with them isn't actually there. It's it's me afterwards saying, oh, I want her to interrupt her. So I'm just going to move her line this way and move it that way. It's uh, I saw a little tweaking of it too. Um, that sounds so, way better. Why does anyone do it the other way? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, I think part of it is, uh, is once you have access to it, I mean, so it was like a $60 program, whatever. And it, it was a huge learning curve that 
becomes a major factor because the audio we get from different actors sounds very, very different. So like it's, you know, when we do it with the three ladies, they're using the same microphone. We're recording together in the same program. So the audio ends up coming out pretty consistent. So I can, I can move their levels up and down a little bit, but other people I've had that sounds like the recording from across the room and the room is a barn. It's just echoing like crazy, and and, it's, and I have to do all of this stuff to try and 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 you know, yeah. But this is the problem with, um, and the and the the lovely challenge of asking an actor to do something for free. <laughs> I would love to pay the actors, uh, but unfortunately, I'm they're all doing this stuff as favors, uh, and just because they they think it's fun or they want to play around with us and, and have a good time. Uh, so the nice thing is, is like it's not that we're getting paid and they're not. We're also not getting paid. So it's all just a labor of love at this point. Yeah. So I have to take what I can get in terms of that. And I don't want to be too restrictive in terms of, no, you have to have a $200 microphone. You have to record in a recording studio with sound baffling on the walls. And it's like, no, I'll, I'll, I, I know that they're going to give me a great performance. Everything else I take on as a, as a challenge to myself to try and get it so it sounds consistent. So does it always? No, because I'm still not that good. <laughs> but I'm, I'm working on getting it so at least there's a consistent sound across the way. You know, like everything else, it's all a work in progress. So that's for dialogue, but for the sound mm -hmm. effects and stuff, Ryan said he does those, right? That's right. So that's that's where Fitz comes in. So there's a decent amount of sound design that goes into this. I would say actually most of my time goes into interpreting what Kyle's looking for into mm -hmm. tangible sound effects that I know that I can create or that I maybe already have. So I've been building a, an SFX bank of, of sounds. I, I go online and I get ones that are flagged for Creative Commons Zero, which means I can do whatever I want to them. I can edit them in any way that I'd like. Um, and I don't need to worry about attribution. It's just people sharing noises and sounds that they've made for free for the, for the joy of it. So I'll take things like um, sound, explosion, splashing water, gulls, <laughs> and will create, in some cases, a whole sequence. Um, you know, in this case, for that actually sound effect, I created a whole sequence that was uh, the, the main character at this point was uh, uh, Carmen Crimson, who's Zinnia's uh, um, uh, teacher. And she's kind of doing our first intro scene to season two. And so I had this picture in my head of her jumping onto a ship as a cannon has been lit and we hear a fuse and then she you know then boom we hear the cannon and it blows something up and gulls go everywhere and then another fuse is lit and she whacks it with a sword and so sometimes i'll do like full kind of scene design or sequence design where it's a here's a here's an event here's a thing that we are listening to and sometimes it's more like sound sword being drawn, you know, and I've created this series of reusable uh, sound effects where it can just be like uh, Zinnia at ready, which is a, you know, double swipe and a kind of a stomp thing. So I go through each script and where he does sound, I determine, you know, okay, I interpret what he's doing, much like an actor interprets lines. I interpret what he's looking for, make my best judgment on how we can create a an interesting story with these non-verbal, you know, components, um, and then design that all out. See what I have in my bank already. 
go find new sounds when I need them and upload all the new sounds to our shared uh, drive so that he can then plop them in. And I also, you know, name them and, and put them in a place because he's doing the, the editing now. Back when I used to do it, I just had it down on paper and I would write down on a, you know, with a pencil, here's the sound that goes here. And I'd usually like create it, then go add it, then go to the next one, create it, then go add it. But now I have to be more intentional about it. So I take a copy of his script. I write in all the cues of where they go, upload that along with all the sounds. And then Kyle's the mastermind who pieces it all together into a final product. Yeah, and, and, and most of the time, that he, what he delivers is exactly what you hear. It's only rarely do I feel like, like, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I've been known to be excessive as well. Um, <laughs> but but uh, Fitz is also, uh, every once in a while, goes a little overboard. <laughs> maybe goes, maybe, like, you know, like, maybe we don't need a 15 second scene <laughs> of just explosions and things. Like, maybe I can trim that back down a little bit just to move the plot along a bit. All right, fine, 14 seconds. <laughs> Uh, but only occasionally do I do I realize as I'm writing, like, oh, it'd be really good right now to have someone like slurping their tea or it, or just a little something. I'm like, oh, okay. And instead of having him go through and source all the stuff, I usually will just go and find one of those Creative Commons Zero one. Or I actually have paid for a couple of them too. The ones that you when you buy them, you also are buying the license for it too. So we want to make sure that you know everybody's getting compensated for for the, their stuff. So we're not we're not we don't want to steal any audio. Uh, even though I know, like, oh, I want that specific sound effect from that specific show, but I was like, no, I can't do that because that's, somebody worked really hard on that and it's theirs, and so we have to come up with our own. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's what you, what he has put in is what you hear in the final one. All I have to do is just layer it and make sure the levels are right, and then put the, you know put the dialogue on top to make sure that you can hear what they're saying and also hear the effects too, because I don't want the two to ever cancel each other out aunt listened to the show and like the only thing she didn't say oh you were great the only thing she said was those sound effects were so good it was like a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what we're going for and, and awesome. see we, we've talked about this too in terms of what the philosophy of our sound design is too and, I, and i'm gonna i'm gonna let Fitz talk about that too but because we wanted to have it be a, a retro feel so like the idea is that this is done in the style of an old-time radio show so we're not trying to have it be a audio movie because that's something we, we, had, we had talked about. We want to have it be uh, that there are multiple layers going on, but that it is that sort of old-timey radio feel, the old time, which most people don't even know existed. So we're, we're sort of going for that audio drama feel as opposed to a full immersive um, cinematic sound, 3D sound thing. Which we'd, we'd actually tried doing. Yeah. Um, so it came down to a philosophy choice. You know, what is it that we're really trying to do the philosophy discussion that Kyle and I had was, again, let's go back to this old time radio style. And so the mental image I had is, what if I had a keyboard hmm. that had pre-programmed sounds and all it was is plug and play? So I have a series of sounds that I've designed to be reusable. I have three fight sequences for each of the ladies, um, as well as uh, what I call at ready, which is like drawing their swords. And I was going for that a little bit more because I figured the best way that we could, could really honor that old style of horse clopping with coconuts kind of thing is by having something that was intentionally repeatable 
that we're not trying to make unique every single time, to have things that are recognizable. And for the audience members who are listening you know, more closely, they should be able to know that Zinnia sounds different from Saffron, who sounds different from Goldie, but it's the same one each time. And you wouldn't think that there actually is a philosophy in terms of sound design, but as, as we started doing this as total amateurs, no sound training at all, like neither of us have ever gone to school for any of this stuff. We're learning as we go that we sort of felt what is appropriate for swashbuckling. And so it became, you have to know the line of between reality and like what a real sound would be versus a cartoon. And so we aim for right in the middle so, like, it would rather be how you feel a sound should be as opposed to what the actual sound should be or what Bugs Bunny does. Like, ours is right in the middle. Which is not an easy line to walk all the time. No. You'd be surprised at, at how challenging some sounds can be, particularly when we're trying to communicate something that is visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there have been a number of times in which Kyle has written into a script something like whoosh. <laughs> so actually, in the end of uh, uh, season uh, one, in that last episode, the ladies are all throwing around a stone. Mm, They're throwing yeah. it back and forth, and we're switching between fight scenes. And the question is, how do I make that work? Yeah. What is how the sound I... of a stone flying through the air? Right? And so I found something that went like a whoosh. And I've got a forwards and a backwards version of it. And in my head, I mapped out, all right, you know, Zinni is here, Saffron's here, Goldie's here, and which direction would it go? And so I got forwards and backwards whooshes uh, in, in order to make that sound happen. But yeah, it's always fun when there's a, you know, a whoosh or a zoink splat. Uh, that was one as well. <laughs> that was a good one. But it's been fun and it's been a great time to really just sitting down and having a, a blank slate and saying, all right, how can I make this work? And coming up with something that apparently people are really enjoying. I think that um, it's, it's a lot more work goes into it than I think anybody would have expected. <laughs> and that's really awesome. Because the number one thing is, you know, as Kyle mentioned before, when it comes to writing, it's the, it's time. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a keyboard time, time, it's computer right. time, yep. sitting down and having that consistent time that you set aside to, to make it happen. Right. And yeah. sometimes that's easier than others. Exactly. That's like I, I tell Kyle all the time. I just want people to have a good time. I feel the same way about Stray Cat. I want anybody who's going to give us their time and their talent mm-hmm. that, that they know that it is valued and that we appreciate it and that we know it's not like time is your most, pre- your precious commodity. So... Yeah, the other name I, I, I forgot when we were listing our favorite actors stuff is Christopher Susi. Christopher Susi is another guy who was a friend of Justin's, who he put me in contact with, and he's been another utility player. Like, I, I have all these things where suddenly I'll get to near when I need all the audio and realize I forgot Soldier Number 3. And so I'll reach out to him and go, oh my god, can you do just this? I just need like these five lines. And like, yeah, sure. And he just turns around and sends it to me. And he's a really he has a really good voice, too. So it, it sounds up. I think in the I believe he plays three different characters in the episode in season two, episode six. And like he plays like, I think he plays three different soldiers just because he can. Uh, so like those are the guys. And that's, that's was he uh, talking to himself. Is that the scene I, no, where he was just soldiers talking to each other? And he's like, <laughs> not in that one, but like, but I believe in subsequent scenes, like I think there's like three different scenes with three different soldiers and he plays all three soldiers as different people. 
Uh, I told him, look, if you want to just be the same guy, that's fine. But like he decided to play three different people, and that's great. And that's that that troop that Brooke was talking about. <laughs> that and so like to have these people that we we have regular stuff for that if I need something, I can just reach right out to them and they're and they're there for it. Uh, so we don't have to be constantly guest casting everything. I love all the people that are coming in, but I know they're also very, very busy. And especially now that theaters are opening back up, I know I'm not going to have access to people as much as I I did during the pandemic. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm trying to like develop my home team so that um, should I not be able to reach and get a Hector Chorus type, uh, that I have someone who can do a great job for it as well. Now, let me ask you this, OOC. Um are you trying to list all the people name-wise? I kind of am because I what, I what I found out I, in the podcasting world is that um, there is a 90% drop-off when you start listing names in, in credits in podcasting. Um, I didn't realize that. Like, I, like, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I do that, too. When they start saying, like, a uh, generous person was provided by, you know, whatever. They start doing their Purple Masters Today's ads. theme was composed by <laughs> yeah, BJ exactly. Lederman. And they just skip past. I'm like, oh, man, these people work so hard. Well, I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't remember if he said Puneet's name. Oh, we did not. When you mentioned Carmen Crimson, I was about to say, played by the magnificent Puneet Bajwa. And also uh, newly acquired Emily. Yes, Emily Moni, who obviously played a a big part for us in in season two. uh, uh, One of the six. Uh, yeah, she was another one that, that Brooke found for us that I had seen on stage and was like so Ugh. excited that you were able to actually get her to to play around with us too. So yeah, so she did, she did think, a great job. I think out of Toxic Avenger, you've got everybody except for <laughs> the Cass- Toxic Avenger yeah. and Cassie. Oh, that's right, Cassie, who is on my list. <laughs> She's gonna be hard, man. I know, I know. So I'm, w- I'm waiting for the right time, the right part. You know, to, to reach out, but you know, she's, she's on my wish list. You know, she's got a band, right? I do. And they got a Tiny Desk concert. They're submitted in a Tiny Desk concert. Uh, Cass and Crossland, if you're a fan of Head and the Heart, um, mm-hmm. they're amazing. So, and they're both local talent. And They might need oh. to book them as a band in Swashbuckling. <laughs> is that Kathy Chilton? It is. It is. I can't speak highly enough of her. I love her. And she's she's also super cool and very, very kind. So... Um, should we do some fun questions and then wrap up? Sure. Fun one. Right. Yay, editing! <laughs> Which Here's means that back line is totally staying in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, here is the question. Uh, I mean, uh, now I'm going to uh, have a few questions for you from our uh, listeners. Oh. I um, Ooh, got exciting. a few submitted. So if you, this is for everybody can answer. They're just like your general questions um i was told that this is a very important question that needs to be asked would you kiss a mermaid (laughs) brooke why don't you start us off (laughs) does he look like jason momoa Mm. i I wasn't specified so i think the mermaid is your version Okay, so I'm thinking of a merman, although, I mean, I would kiss a mermaid, too. Um, oh, sure. Sure. I- All right. <laughs> Kyle? 
Oh, is it on me? Okay, I was gonna I was gonna have Fitz do it next, but okay. No, Ryan can do um, it. <laughs> no, it's me. Um, I don't know my my most prominent mermaid I can think of besides the little one is the ones from Pirates of the Caribbean, and they are trying to kill you. So yeah, I wouldn't yeah. think uh, no, because I don't think I would trust that a mermaid would actually be interested enough to kiss me. I think there was some other ulterior motive. All right. Yeah, yeah. I think it would depend on the circumstances. You know. You know. Yeah, I- but even I, I, with the even with the pretty visage, Kyle's right. I mean, you you don't mess with now. If I'm given a personal invitation, maybe you know. I mean, but even then, even then, what are they looking for? Mm-hmm. I, God, Jesus, be a trust issue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. By the way, could you tell that I have not watched the Pirates of the Caribbean movie? <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird reference, I admit. But I, uh, you know, it's a lot of mermaids are trying to kill you. Mermaid, I think. Mer- all yeah. I can think of is, I'm sorry. All I can think of is Aquaman, because all I can think of is like mermen, and then I'm like, well, do they look like Jason Momoa, and do they look like? Right. Do and like you know what? Her? Even if he is trying to kill me, let's go for it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm a die hard. I guess. I guess <laughs> the Momoa effect might be. It might change my answer. Yeah. Exactly. So just, depending what the mermaid looks like. I mean, and then you could also look at the fact that it, Nicole Kid- Kidman's the other is, you know, she's True. hot. So, but he, there's more of a Momoa effect than a Kidman effect. I'll take that. So. I think this particular listener got a little too caught up in the swashbuckling side uh, of it sure. and was like, there yeah. should be mermaids in this. That is a common problem. I didn't realize that so many people had an association of swashbuckling to pirates. So I, I have that. I have that a lot. People contact me like, "Oh, it's about pirates." I'm like, "Oh, it's actually not about pirates." It's, it's but about it pirates can of, be. It's about pirates yeah, of Penzance. If that's what you like, then that's what it's about. But and I, and of course, I I was I was making a joke about that in our intro trailer where they're actually fighting a real pirate. But then I realized, oh, maybe people think they're pirates because they're fighting a pirate. Mm, okay, maybe yeah. <laughs> I was a little too meta for my own good there. Do you ever think you'll do a prequel? Um, like Zinnia's life before Saffron or a spin-off <laughs> to follow the six and to oh. just so we can include everybody, what prequel would you like to see or a side story? I'm gonna let the the, the other two members of the team do this before me. Because I'm curious to what they would think. Alright, Fitz, why don't you go first? So I mean we have kind of done a prequel episode or two, um, mm-hmm. you know, with telling uh, Saffron's backstory um, and how she and Zinnia met. Um, I would love to uh, see a prequel uh, story of uh, Goldie. Goldie oh. is a young woman, right? Because we're introduced to her mother as, you know, this this grifter, this con artist. And what does Goldie's childhood look like? You know, being, you know, a 16-year-old uh, con artist uh, or, or whatever. What did she get up to? I think that would be a fantastic and interesting story because she also has a heart of gold, right? So it's it's one of those like diamond in the rough, um, you know, uh, anti-hero kind of thing, but more hero and less anti. So I think that'd be a lot of fun. No, I, I'm with Fitz. I think that I like primary characters are fantastic, but secondary tertiary characters, when you get to like watch something through their eyes, like everybody loves like an episode of Star Trek where it's like, and now we're going to watch it through Dwight Schultz's character on next gen Reg Barclay <laughs> through Barclay's eyes. You know, you know what I mean? It's like anytime you get the chance to look at something through the different lens, I think it gives you more insight into what you're watching. 
and it allows you to have a better appreciation for characters that you didn't maybe already have. I was gonna say, if I could add another story that I would tell along those lines, it would be, I would do a whole series focused on Carmen Crimson. Oh, <laughs> okay. Zinnia's mentor, like, what did what did the whole world look like? Like, how did we get Zinnia? Because obviously, yeah, the six are new, but they haven't been the only baddies. You know, they haven't been the only threats because Zinni had to learn it somewhere. What does the world look like for Carmson Crimson, you know, 20 years ago? Yeah, That would be, be a fun. Right. And Kyle, we trust you more than we trust George Lucas. You're not going to give us Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, Kyle? Uh, that's not, that is not in my plan, no. Um, but of course, If he know. does, though, I have a feeling there's going to be some, you know, swashbuckling sword sounds and maybe a body thud and and a weird little alien going with a rastafarian accent great <laughs> i i think I, w- I would agree i mean basically they they they, they nailed it i for me the 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 story starts with the two of them meeting so like i don't think i would ever do saffron without zinnia or zinnia without saffron because to me their story start that's where the story starts for me like not that they had an interesting past, and I, and we're gonna talk, and we're gonna revisit some of that, and we might even talk about some of that. But I, having the one without the other just seems wrong to me. Like to have just Zinnia in a story and not have Saffron, it just that seems weird. I, I don't know how to do that. But when they talk about it with Goldie, yeah, maybe with Goldie, like that actually could be interesting to to see sort of what her life was like beforehand. But with the prequels, I always have a difficulty with that because it. What's happening now, sort of in the now of the story, has to be the most exciting, the most interesting, the most exciting, best thing that ever happened to that person. And to go back, you're automatically setting yourself up to not be as good as what you had done. So emotional stakes, sure, but like I can never have anything as exciting as that because I want the story now to be the best times of their life. So that's that's in any television show, any movie, you're showing the most important, the most exciting moment. To go back and say, no, no, that was bore. Like that, that actually, that the earlier stuff, that was the best stuff. This is just whatever. Like this is fine. It's it's the who cares what's I want here. I've never really that's, heard prequels described that way, and that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like I mean I, I like having my characters have history, and I like. Finding out, you know, the not only like old boyfriends and girlfriends, which is of course a recurring thing, but uh, things that happen to them, like oh, this, you know, we, we're finding new stuff about Goldie all the time. Like oh, I know how to do this. Like they're like oh, I know how to look at gems. Like what, 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 how, what? You know, like th- those kind of things are fun because then you can tell the story of how they got that ability. But yeah, just inherit itself prequels. I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of just for those reasons. I like filling in gaps. Like we still there, there's stories we don't know um, about their wedding. Like we still have never seen how Saffron City's wedding went, but there's Lady Linear was involved, there was robots, there was there was hyenas, there was all there's all this stuff that they talk about. Like, what the heck is that? So we'll get to that story eventually, even though it's it's further down the road. So I like those kind of things where you sort of tease a story then and then go back and tell that. But as for like a full-on prequel, I don't think that'll ever happen. And for the six, no, they're they're jerks. <laughs> I don't want to like. I don't want to like ever. They're. I mean, like they're villains. They are full on v villains. Like I don't want to ever do like the. Oh, when you see things from their perspective, no, no, they're just they're just awful. They're awful, awful people. And in season three, you're actually going to meet them, and you're going to hate them. <laughs> you're like, please you're no more all, of them. All six. Like you only meet. You only get three so far, but you're going to meet the other three, uh, and you're not going to like them any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we have that to look forward to, um, and. Speaking of, 
uh, what's next for the swashbuckling ladies? You keep referencing season three coming out. I do I do? Uh, so for this season, as, as we're recording this year in, in mid midsummer 2021, um, we're going to have a couple interstitial episodes. So like, there's these little kind of smaller micro stories, just a couple characters uh, meeting and having things. Sort of some of them will be set during the events that we've already seen, and some of them will be in the in the sort of modern, like, post-season uh, episode six. Little bits along the way, just sort of as, uh, just to sort of keep the, the story moving and, and keep people interested, just so they know that we didn't pod fade away. Uh, but the the next thing you're going to be hearing in your feed, actually, is what we had talked about earlier on. Um, I've decided, you know, I really liked the how the Valentine's trilogy turned out. I'm a little worried that putting the Valentine, the word Valentine on there, turned people off to it, so... I decided I was going to say, all right, what would this have been like if it had actually been a live stage show? So I have recut all three of those episodes into one live style event. Ooh. So we're gonna that'll be that'll be showing up here in a few. It should be next if if, if, my, if my timeline is right here. So you're actually going to hear it um, as it was originally intended. Now I didn't have the actors go back and re-record it. Any of the lines I changed, so it's still the updated script. So the story itself is essentially the same, but how it's presented is going to be different. All of Goldie's narration is gone. Sorry, Kara, I cut up all of your narration. <laughs> So, because none of that was in the original version anyway, so you'll hear like the the start up the the theme, and it'll be as if the lights come up on the stage, and then you're going to see the whole episode played out, and then we'll have it'll, like there'll be a little interstitial music as we change sets, and then part two, and then part three played as one episode, as one sort of I think hour and a half episode. I, I haven't finished the edit, so I don't know exactly how long it's going to be, but all three of those together, as if you're sitting in the audience watching this perform live uh, in front of you. So I'm I'm interested to see how that. How that comes out uh, and how people respond to it because that was sort of the original intent of the episode. Uh, so that, that should be fun. And then the interstitial episodes. And then in the fall, we're coming back with season three. So we're working on season three right now. Uh, scripts are written. We're casting now. We're, we'll do that. And then we have some uh, exciting stuff to come along season three. And in a way that perhaps the audience may be able to join the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society. What does that mean? Well, you have to wait and find out. So we'll be back with another one of these, hopefully, another behind the scenes. Maybe we'll see if, what actors we can round up to talk about their time on there, besides the, the lovely Caragalla, who was nice <laughs> enough to host this, uh, this, this talk for us. Um, we could talk to them about stuff and then talk about season three right before it launches. So stay subscribed is what I'm saying. There's more stuff coming, uh, and then season three is on the way, and it's going to get big because, yeah, like I said, um, it'll be a, a big confrontation between uh, the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society and the, all the members of the six. When they all get on the same page, uh, we're going to see what happens. Oh, dang. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us on this behind the scenes of the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society. Um, keep on listening. We got great stuff coming your way. Thank you. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Good night, Kansas City. <laughs>